Okay. Now, that is familiar-sounding music. If you join the program on a Thursday, that, of course, is the theme music for the throwdown with Mal Meninga. Well, Mal will be travelling on Thursday up to Papua New Guinea. He is, of course, coaching the Prime Minister's 13 up there. And as a result of that, we've got him on a Tuesday. How are you, Mal? Oh, Jimmy, I'm well, thanks. Thanks for uh, swapping the days around, mate. I really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, I'm up in... Papua New Guinea, we head up there on Thursday, so I'll be on a flight uh, this time of day. So, yeah, appreciate coming on today. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I don't think I did anything, Mal. I had to, right? So that's a sponsor's thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, giving you, I'm giving you a wrap. I know. So I know. You've got to learn to take a compliment. Seriously, what's going on? That's it a good Tuesday. point. It's early in the week. I'm not as, I'm not as buggered. You know, I'm not as fatigued, <laughs> mentally fatigued. So I'm feeling a bit sprightly today. I'll be at a Tuesday, beginning of the week. Okay, we like that. Now, I'm just checking that you got through okay. Last time we spoke to you, I think there was a bit of a hold-up at the M5, so <laughs> that, that was no problem. Hey, hey Jimmy, um, you know, we were talking, and I missed the turn-off to where I, oh. I stayed at the Pullman at the airport. I missed the turn-off, but I had to put my um, nav- navigation on, and seriously, uh, I got lost after that. It took me from... It took me from yeah, honestly, so when I was supposed to turn off the airport, so that's probably a five-minute drive to the Pullman. Yes. It took me, honestly, another half an hour to find, it, find the Pullman yeah. from there. Yeah, well, oh it doesn't it doesn't surprise me, as in the traffic in Sydney can be uh, a bit tricky. Um, so apologies for that as well. Hey, if you <laughs> want to speak... Right. You want to speak to Mal today? Let us know. one 1170 Get us on the text line as well. 0457-736-736. So you go up on Thursday. Where are you right now? Well, we're in a place called the Woodlands in Marburg. So Marburg's a little little town outside of Ipswich. So um, there's a beautiful residence, heritage residence out here uh, where we're hosting the team or who's hosting the team, which is great. Um, a lot of beautiful rooms and accommodation lots here. And then we, we're, the reason we're out here is because um, we're flying out of Ambly Air Base on Thursday, so which is not too far away from here. So instead of staying in Brisbane and uh, having to commute uh, out on uh, Thursday morning to the airport, to the Ambly Air Base, uh, we're out at Marburg. So we're looking forward to that. We've, we've got a whole heap of kids coming this afternoon to training, Jimmy, and then we've, we're going to the local Marburg pub tonight. Um, to have a feed. Um, so, yeah, we're just getting amongst the community. We love getting out and about and you know, meeting people. It's great. Did you start that? That was something that the Queensland State of Origin side used to do. Was that one of your initiatives, Mal, to get out and go and do a training session in a particular region of Queensland? Uh, and it might have been related to just getting the players to best understand what they mean to the state of Queensland. That, that was that was partly the reason why we started doing it. Now, the other reason was um, a lot of those townships were, were just going through hard times, Jimmy. Like, um, we went out to Longreach, and this is this is ironic. We went out to Longreach because there were hard times, a lot of drought. The drought's been going there for a number of years, and, you know, and poor, the poor farmers were, were, were struggling a little bit um, yep. with, uh, with their stock. Uh, we, we arrived out there, and you wouldn't believe it started spitting rain. <laughs> and, yeah, seriously, and it rained a little bit that day. Then I think they had some floods not so long after that. So um, yeah, so we went out to a lot of the townships that were, were struggling, and just gave them a bit of bit of hope and a bit of fun. And yeah, the players loved it. But gave you it gives you perspective, doesn't it, on totally. life in general and 
and um, all the all our fans. Yeah, I love doing that, and, and we're going to hopefully do it this year too with the Kangaroos here in Marburg and you know what up playing in, in Townsville. So we'll get out and about around there and down in Melbourne. So we'll get around you know, northern Victoria as well, Albury, you know, through the Riverina. So uh, that's the plan. I love doing that, and like you say, the players do too, just quietly. Okay, we've got a bit of breaking news here, Mel. We were going to talk about this uh, after one o'clock, but the team, uh, the NRL match officials for finals week three have been named. So just to let you know, Adam G and Jared Sutton. Adam G will control the Panthers versus Melbourne Storm game. Jared Sutton will control the Broncos v Warriors game. So confirmation that Ashley Klein has been dropped. Just get your thoughts on that, Mel. Um, both Craig Bellamy and Trent Robinson had reason to be disappointed with Ashley Klein. A couple of decisions there on Friday night. Chose not to go into it too much in the post-match press conference, but the NRL have acted. How do you view all of that? Um, well, my view is that we're trying to leave the referees alone. Um, yeah. they're, they're human and they're prone to you know, mistakes. Um Ashley's mistake on the on the weekend was a, was a big one and obviously a major talking point. But as we all know, we played the game and we watched the game and and um, you know Trent Robinson was was right when he in the press conference where he said, well, you know we should have defended it. even though that Ashley made a mistake. Uh, we should have defended that next set of six mm. and we shouldn't allowed you know Storm to score the points, um, even though that they were a score scoring situation themselves. So. That's rugby league, you know. I don't. I. I don't. When I'm a fan of the referees, um, the reason I'm a fan of the referees because I know that I would never want to be a referee. Yeah. You know, in, particularly at those under that much scrutiny. So every kick, every moment, every pass, every you know, every tackle is under scrutiny. You know, because of you know TV, I guess. And um, yeah, I feel sorry for him. But you know, obviously, he's paying for his. His uh, mistakes, and um, you know, and you know, Jerry Sutton and Adam G get get an opportunity, which is great for them. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, so we'll talk more about that after one o'clock. Just going back to the Prime Minister's thirteen. Who are the blokes who you've got in the squad that you you didn't know that well might be making an impact uh, within the group? You've obviously got your uh, your leaders there in Cam Murray and Daly Cherry Evans and others, but who are the ones that have caught the eye and um, maybe got a little bit of cheek, Mal. Yeah, no one yet, Jimmy. So last last Thursday when we were on the uh, online, uh, we're going to the medicals and uh, we're getting the visas done and things like that, and the players get their their gear. Uh, I had a brief talk to them there, and uh, but they're all coming in uh, very shortly, actually. So I'll right. get to spend some time with all the players over the next, well, of course, the next five days, actually. So I'm looking looking forward to it. But you know, I'm really keen on you know having a a bit of a yarn to, you know, Nico Hines is an example. So he's had a, you know, up and down year after such a great year last year. I'm looking forward to having a, a chat to him. Um, and, I mean, these, all these players you've got to obviously identify, uh, they played in, you know, say, the bottom 11 sides, eh? So um, it'd be interesting to have a bit of a yarn to them about uh, their season and you know, how they felt, you know, their clubs have gone and um, how they feel they've gone. Obviously, they've were successful because they played already played rep football. And there's some young kids, obviously, as well, who are some up-and-comers I'm looking forward to. I met Emre Gula a couple of times, obviously, because he's a Raiders man. But, you know, getting, yep. getting looking forward to you know, getting to know him because I thought he's had a terrific year this year. 
had an excellent year. So that was interesting too. We had a listener yesterday and we were talking, you know, a lot about Sean Johnson and what he's doing and what he might, the awards that might come his way and whether he represents the Kiwis against the Kangaroos later in the year. And someone made a really good point. They said, if you look at Sean John- Johnson's numbers from that game on the weekend, and if you look at Nico Hines's numbers from the game against the Roosters, they're very similar. In fact, Nico Hines' numbers were probably a bit better. However, Sean Johnson is the darling of New Zealand and Nico Hines is <laughs> copping online abuse. It's amazing how it goes like that, Mel. Yeah, it does. And, you know, we've got fans that are passionate um, about mm. their teams. And um, and then we've got you know, this tribalism in our game as well, which, you know, all that banter, I think, is pretty healthy banter, banter I guess, at times. But, yeah, I mean, um, that's the, the era of social media these days, isn't it? You know, Nico Hines doesn't deserve to be Bast around the years, you know, he's an integral part of the of the Cronulla Sharks. Um, and yes, his numbers are, are great and uh, deserved the, the Daly M Award last year as well. And, yep. um, you know, he's one of our lead players. And I would say, you know, without a doubt, one of our, our leading ambassadors in our game as well. He's a terrific young man, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's not too many NRL players could get the front cover of uh, insert a Sunday. Uh, I think it was a Sunday Telegraph. Uh, magazine insert and there was there was Nico so I'll tell you what didn't last didn't last long in uh, my household mouth uh, Tracy <laughs> Tracy took that away very quickly but anyway yeah. uh, so well, even, even, my, even my wife even my wife who, who doesn't even follow footy you know so we don't even talk footy at home um, oh who's he <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay right and every, every, now, every now and again Nico gets on TV and interviews and stuff you'll She'll go there and listen to him, you know. So, yeah. Well, we need we need that we need that side of the of our support team to help with that as well, the female side. Mate, I've never seen someone watch so many sharks games this year than Tracy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> let's move on. What what did you make of that game last week? In the end, uh, they got home on the back of, and I suppose it's hard for you to not be viewing it through a kangaroos or who you might be taking on. 18-13, the storm over the Roosters. Lindsay Collins, outstanding. Cameron Munster, outstanding. Harry Grant, back to his best. And Nelson Asifa-Solomona, gee, creates some carnage. He did. And Nick Meany, I thought, was had an excellent game. And yes. uh, Victor Radley and, and, and Teddy. I thought Teddy was excellent too, you know. So, yes. Um, it just... It just they just couldn't score the points that was needed. The Roosters, I thought they played really well. Like the Storm got off to a really good start, um, looked like it could be anything. Uh, and then around the twenty-minute mark, the Roosters, you know, found their their edge again. You know, that tough edge and fought back, mm. and probably the better team going into half time. And and you know, perhaps were the, the better team on on the night, but just couldn't score the points that you know Joey Manu could have done, or you know Joseph Sawali could have done, or Billy. Billy Smith, who's had a terrific back end of the year. So, um, yeah, the Storm, they snuck home, um, but off the back of the genius of, you know, Cameron Munster, you know, he's the X factor, uh, you know, bugger the field goal, I'll just, I'll just kick across field. And <laughs> then, Will, then Will Warbrick, you know, who is a novice, and he's, he's going to be, you know, fighting for the Rookie of the Year this year. Um, and I climbed above... Uh, the young uh, Roosters winger and you know scored in the corner. So yeah, a terrific game again. It's I just I love the games at the moment, Jimmy, because they're they're one on heart and character. You know, yeah. so particularly that game. You know, just they just keep fighting hard, and I love teams that you know do that on a regular basis and and nearly pull off wins. 
It, it's funny how a num- uh, two people told me after that uh, uh, after that match that they didn't think Munster played well. I can tell you on Friday night we called that game. Uh, Brett Kamali, Mark Spud, Carroll, and myself unanimously he got three points from us yeah. about because because of the big plays he he couldn't set himself up for the field goal and when he did he didn't quite have time. But in the end, he didn't worry about that. He just put up a play that they'd been practicing. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's amazing how with someone like Cameron that it works for him now. Can you give us an insight into you know, just the mindset of someone like a Cameron Munster? Oh, full of confidence, Jimmy. So just on, just on that, the, what you mentioned about it, you know, him not playing well and he comes up with moments, I thought he ran the ball more than he's, he's run since, the third, since I think the second Origin game. Um, yes. This year, you know, so he's he's um, on ball was excellent, and that's when you that's when you know Cameron Munster is going to do something special, and uh, I felt that through the whole game. Um, yeah, when he when he gets involved, particularly from the the outset, and he's he's trying to run the ball, he's doing things. He, he might make the yards that um, you know that we we want him to make, but he just he just keeps on prodding and probing. Um, the opposition, you know, so and eventually it, it breaks, and he does yeah. come up. He does come up with that that special moment. That's where you know, Cameron, over most players in the competition, you know, um, comes out on top. And yeah. you know, obviously, like you say, they practice that. It's not it's not a you know, fluke. You know, he practiced that kick across field, and Will gets above them all. He caught it pretty high, in the, you know, in the air. And um, yeah, that's just the way it is, you know. And yeah, um, yeah, he just he just finds a way to win footy games, and that's what you want in a player. 17 runs for 148 metres. So that's that that he wanted to get himself into the game and, and, and do it very quickly. Um, well, he's, he's eccentric. I mean, he's not a he's not your, he's not your, I mean, he's just got, he doesn't, I don't know. It's, 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 it's difficult to explain what he's, what his character's like. He's, he just, yeah. he does love, loves having fun. He loves footy. You know, it's like the backyard footy play. You know, he just wants to touch the ball and and have some fun, try, show some tricks in, and and then you know. But he, the funny thing about him, he's pretty smart. You know, when he talks about his footy, you know, he understands the game really well. He's obviously well educated, you know, by Craig Bellamy and his team. So he understands the game. So uh, when he, you know, when he thinks about the game, he thinks about it a little bit different than most people. And yeah. then, because he thinks a little bit different than most people, he, he seems to you know, find that that moment where he makes a difference. Yeah, he's got that touch of, and this people might think I'm going over the top, but there's a touch of genius about him that thinks he can do. Like Thurston had it, I reckon yeah. Shane Warne. Shane Warne had it right. He any moment he thought, yes. yeah, I can get that bloke out. Yeah, and that's 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 Cameron Munster when he's you know like I say when he touches the ball a lot. Yeah. Uh, so we worked on it with in the World Cup. So I know that when he touches the football um, a lot, um, gets involved heavily, you know, particularly early, all of a sudden mm-hmm. he, he, he comes and he does something special in a game that, you know, mind blows everyone else in the footy team. And that's why they love playing with him. Yeah. What about the other game? Are the Warriors far too strong for the Newcastle Knights? Although they got back after being down 16-0 to 16-10. 40-10, the final score. We've got a text message here. Mal, Mal can you give us an up the wars, please? <laughs> up the wars. I gave the up the wars last week because I thought the Warriors would would uh, yeah, win, at, win at home. And they were extraordinarily good last week. And I feel that they're going to give the Bronx a bit of a a run for their money, you know, this, this weekend, you know, so, Ooh. um, 
I, yeah, well, how do I describe that? So I, I think the Knights were spent um, after their game the week before against the Raiders. They had to go into extra time. Uh, yep. They would have been really fatigued after that. It was a short turnaround for them. And then they had to jump on a plane to travel over to New Zealand, which would have taken a bit out of them as well. I just felt that they probably weren't at their, you know, the energy levels weren't there, but the, the Warriors, they handled the occasion extremely well. And then Sean Johnson, you know, he pulled the strings, honestly. He was fantastic, yeah. uh, particularly early in the game, wasn't he? And um, and then he just kept on kicking them into their second half, the, the Wars. Their second yeah. half was really good. And that's where, that's how you play finals footy. You know, you, just, you build pressure and that's what Andrew Webster talks about all the time. You know, control the football, control possession and control field possession with great kicking games. Um, and good chase, and I thought they controlled the uh, the, New, the Newcastle back five really well, you know. So yeah. and that I think led to them dominating you know, the field position that they had. Uh, November four Pacific Championship final. Let's make a presumption that it's the Kangaroos versus the Kiwis. Who do you not want to be halfback for the Kiwis? Sean Johnson or <laughs> Jerome Hughes? Well, that's it's an interesting one for for Michael Maguire, because they've got Dylan Brown there as well, who played yes. you know, pretty good footy you know, most of the year. Obviously, he was in their World Cup team last year. So uh, I would think I would think Sean would be there alongside, I would think, Jerome Hughes and, and probably Dylan Brown on number 14 jersey, I would think. Um, right. So I think that'll be, they'll go with those halves. be interesting because they play against the Samoans first. And I'm not quite sure. I mean, Sean's got that, that calf injury. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that gets treated over the next few weeks as well. So they've got to get through the Broncos first. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Jimmy, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, they're, 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 they've got some good depth there. Kieran Foran is another one yeah. that, you know, you Well, Kieran, yeah, he can play. Then yeah, you've got Joe, the Joey Manu, uh, Manu and you've got you know, Charles Nickel Crockstead playing terrific footy as well. And Yes. Um, obviously, Brandon Smith, you know, he's playing good footy. He started at the back end of the year. So they've got... Their spine is quite a you know, quite a good spine and um, obviously will match match any international team, definitely. Yeah, very strong indeed. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You want to have a chat with Mal Meninga before he flies out to Port Moresby with the PM's 13 on Thursday. Get us on that text line as well, 0457-736-736. You're listening to The Throwdown with Mal Meninga today. On a Tuesday. All right, Mal, we'll take a break. Then we're back with more. Welcome back to the program. Special edition Throwdown with Mal Meninga. We're doing it on a Tuesday. The text line is still the same. 0457 736 736. Mal about to fly out to PNG on Thursday with the PM's 13 team. So just on that, we were talking on the weekend, Mal, about um, the scenes at the airport at Port Moresby when Greg yeah. Inglis led a Prime Minister's 13 off the plane and into the bus, it was absolutely crazy. Have you prepared the players, or will you prepare the players for what's going to greet them when they when they turn up at Port Moresby? Oh, I haven't talked to him yet, Jimmy, but yeah, I will. I will. We'll talk to about that today. And I've got some obviously experienced uh, people in, in the footy team, and I've uh, Cherry Evans has been up there. Jake Trevojevic has been up there. Benny Hunt's been up there. So a couple of senior players, they'll be able to regale some of their 
their experiences up there, but it's like the airport is something to believe. It's, I've been doing this, the Prime Minister study, since 2005, and every year it's just packed, you know. Yeah. So um, it's extraordinary scenes. And then I was there when you know, Greg was the captain of the PM side, uh, and they couldn't get enough of him. We had to get security guards just to get him on the bus, and then... And then they just kept on following the bus. They'll run beside the bus. We're worried that they might, someone might get hurt, yeah. uh, you know, get fall over or get run over and things like that. But it was just extraordinary scenes. And um, that was that was a, a great introduction to the rest of the team because um, they had a fantastic fantastic experience up there. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's something to, to see. It's hard to describe, but it's something to see. There, there is a YouTube clip. We might put it out on our socials uh, about just how it was. The local television st- uh, network put a put a clip out about, and the crowd was chanting English, English. I reckon <laughs> there might be yeah. might be more kids named English than Meninga up there now, Mal. Oh, I would dare say that there could be. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> the last time I played up there was I can't remember now, nineteen ninety one. I think Jimmy, we had an Australian tour a three-week tour of Papua New Guinea at the end of 1991. And wow. we often talk about that. We have reunions. That's one of, one of the best tours I've ever been on. We had so much fun. You know, we were doing, playing a lot of golf and we did a lot of scuba diving, a lot of fishing, um, played a bit of footy, obviously. But yep. it was like, um, it was one of the, the best experiences I've ever had. And we really, really enjoyed ourselves. And and the thing about, you know, Papua New Guinea, it, 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 the players are right a lot. There's no doubt about that. It's really safe, and you know, we at no stage did we feel that we're in danger. That's when the tear gas happened uh, up in Mount Hagen. That was only because uh, there's the first game they sold tickets at Jimmy. So people walk walk three days from the from the mountains to go to a game to watch the game, and there was tickets sold. It was already sold out. So there were about five thousand inside the the stadium and honestly it was 5,000 outside and they couldn't get in wow. they couldn't watch wow. the kangaroos play and uh, they just tried to they tried to break the the fences down <laughs> that's when the wow. tear gas happened and but at no stage did we feel threatened it was you know um, we had to call the game off obviously but um, again it was just part of the experience isn't it yeah wow um this is what you don't get with AFL in Victoria, talking to an immortal, a genuine international <laughs> legend. So 770 is uh, appreciative of that. Mal, on a Tuesday, could today get any better, says 397. Uh, and then we get this from God. Spanky. Yeah, you got the got the fans out there, Mal. What's going on? That's, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, this is from Spanky. Mal. Do you have Tyrell Sloan rooming with the hammer, working with him, training with him? If not, Mal, <laughs> can you please have Tyrell Sloan rooming with the hammer? That's from Spanky. <laughs> um, well, it's funny. It's um, you know, there's a lot fewer Indigenous boys in the in the PM side, which is excellent. Yeah, um, we got Josh Adokar as well, who honestly is you know one of the best role models, you know, particularly young Indigenous players. And we got Cody yeah. Walker in the team too. Uh, the hammers around. We've got a lofty Khan Pereira, you know. So we've got all these young kids um, who, you know, will benefit from the experience. There's no doubt about that, you know. So and Tyrell, um, once we, we we all know when we play the play against the Putney Guinea side, it's a fairly physical game. So um, he'll take he'll have to take his his game to a new heights around that physicality. So otherwise otherwise he might get found out. 
Yeah. Well, without you know wanting to single anyone out, but in the ad break, you were saying just how good Josh Addo Carr is with all players, yeah. but in particular the the younger Indigenous players, and and what a great role model he is, Mel. I mean, it's just great to be around. He's infectious, you know. So, yeah. Um, he's you know he's always he's always positive, um, you know, but he works hard too. Like he trains he trains extremely well um, and hard. Um, great team player, and he goes out of his way to you know help others. You know, so he he's part of the entertainment after after you know training or you know in the spare time. So he's yeah. I love love being around him because it, it makes you feel young, but you know. He, He's got that happy happiness about him, and he's just he's just good. He's good just to mix with and have a yarn to. Yeah. Hey, we were going to do it after one o'clock, but uh, we thought it might ask you as well. Sunia Taruva is practicing high balls that are being kicked to him. Yeah. He's anticipating <laughs> that with Cam Munster and Will Warbrick on Friday night. So we're looking at the great one-on-one battles. Uh, you know, it might be a team sport, but there's still these great one-on-one battles. Was there a one-on-one battle that you used to have that stands out or, or one that you used to be close to? Uh, well, the, clo- the close one, I've just had a good th- think about that, Jimmy, is, is always Ricky against another halfback. So every game, I, I used to, most games I was giggling to myself around the things that Ricky Stewart did on the footy field, the things he used to say um, about about his opposition seven, you know, so it's just a competitive streak in him all the time. Um, you know, we, we had we had some really good front rowers in my time. Uh, Johnny Lomax and Quinton Pongi had sort of take the cake. Uh, they took it personal, you know, so if you, um, you couldn't run without heads type of attitude, you know, so <laughs> yes. They, yes. they were always, they was always into it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's rugby league, the, People ask me who's the toughest player, and I always say uh, the toughest. The tough. I mean, I don't. I don't have a toughest player because I think you, you need to have um, a toughness and a courage about you to play the game. It's not for everyone, is it? You know, it's not the game's not yeah. for everyone. So it's it's a certain characteristic, a, a certain type of, of person, you know, that that plays the game because it, it is it is at times brutal. You know, so you've got to be able to take the knocks. Uh, good and bad, you know. So, you know, toughness is a is a is a core element of uh, I think of our sport. So, uh, I find it. I find if you're playing at the, you know, at the country levels, we're out here at Marburg. You know, I just think they're they're tough individuals and obviously having a bit of fun. They really enjoy uh, the game and enjoy what they do, uh, enjoying the the social side of things, which is really important. So, um, I tell you one thing, I'm looking forward to Jimmy this weekend is yes. the battle of. A couple of props. Uh, the, the prop for Panthers is James Fisher Harris, who's the the the, um, the male alpha of their yeah. of their team. And I'm looking forward to see how Christian Welsh aims up against him. Uh, Christian's a, the captain of the the Storm team, as we all know. He's got this little cheeky streak with him. Yeah, you know? he, he says yeah. things that can incite oppositions. You know, so um, yes, yes. So I need. I think the. I think this is going to be a really crucial battle this weekend. If the Storm have got any hope against the Panthers, I believe Christian Welsh, Welsh who's the captain, he's the alpha male of the of the Storm. He's got to go at it. He's actually got to. He's got to um, you know, put his stamp on the game against you know, one of the best props in our game, which is James Fisher Harris. So that's the battle I'm looking forward to. And 
um, I think a lot of it, a lot of success will come from those two. Yeah, right. That's uh, a good one. Uh, very good one. All right, we're going to get ourselves to the news. After that, we're back with more. We're doing the throwdown on a Tuesday with the great Mal Meninga. News and back with more. Welcome back to the program throwdown with Mal Meninga. We're doing it on a Tuesday uh, afternoon, guys. One-on-one contest. You can't go past Sterlo versus Mortimer, Terry Hill versus anybody, and Peter Brock versus Dick Johnson. That's from Cameron. Mal, were you a Ford or a Holden man, mate? Uh, I'm not much of a car man, I, I confess, but I had Holdens. Holdens. Uh, and I had Holdens up until recently, to be honest with you. So I was a Peter Brock fan. I mean, I thought the 05, you know, I I um, you know, I followed his uh, career, obviously. You know, one of the things that I do, one of the things I admire is uh, people that stay at the top or get to the top but stay there. I just think that's, yeah. a, that, that's hard to do. And uh, I admire those sort of, people because um yeah because it is hard to do you know, do to be consistent over a long period of time um uh, is a hell of an achievement i reckon okay so in world sport who are the ones that you've looked to and thought oh well you have achieved exactly what you've explained there uh, i used to be an admirer of greg norman you know people people have differing differing views on on greg um but i used to admire him but mainly because of his Ability, you know, personally to, to stay yeah. at the top. Um, yep. The tennis players, you know, I was a admirer of Arthur Ashe, and the reason I was a admirer of Arthur Ashe is because obviously, you know, he fought the good fight. You know, um, obviously he was very good on the on the tennis court, but you know, social issues around around racism and things like that. He, he, he was he battled there. Muhammad Ali, the very very the same. You know. Um, those type of people I admire who stay at the top for long periods of time, but also socially um, have a conscience and they, um, you know, they use that their profile for you know, greater causes. Yeah, Edwin Moses was undefeated for a decade across yeah. the four hundred meter hurdles. Yeah, no, he was another one, wasn't he? He was great. He was, he was, he was, he was a guy I remember reading about him, thinking, "Wow, this guy's yeah. amazing." Um, I used to, I mean, I used to just you know, wait for Usain Bolt, you know, to to, um, to race anything. That when he was in a race, hundred meter race or two hundred meter race, you know, I'd, I'd try and find it somewhere, you know, just like watching watching run. Yeah. He, was just, he was enormous, you know, for, yeah. as an athlete, enormous. Yeah. Yeah, and he was best in world for a decade. Yep. Yep. Fastest man yeah, on so the planet. That's that's when you talk about when you talk about um, stature and. In most sports, I think longevity is one of the real, real key factors in uh, yeah. how you view, you know, a sportsman's career. I guess so. Yeah, uh, one six nine says. Yeah, Mal Meninga versus Michael O'Connor. <laughs> That's cruel. That's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get this. Mal, did you ever play against Gary the Wiz Freeman? Geez, he was a pest. Says two zero. No, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, no, I did play against him a number of times. He was a good player, Gary, but he was a pest. He was. A he pest. was a. He was a very good player. Um, <laughs> now Spanky's asking this: uh, Is the PM thirteen playing Fiji next year, as was the plan? Could the squad not play two games? And is it on TV? I'm off to a winery on Saturday, but I'll have a sneaky phone out. Says Spanky. <laughs> Uh, Smanky, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether it's been broadcast or not. It hasn't in the past, so but I know that uh, the local 
network up there would take it and whether, you know, some will simulcast it back down here, I'm not quite sure. Um, we'll all live stream it, I don't know. Um, you know, probably Jimmy might have a better answer for me than that. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of the PMs. I just hope that we get an opportunity into the future to go to every, every you know, nation, you know. So, like, you know, love to go to Samoa, love to go to Tonga. We've been to Fiji a couple of times. Uh, love to go to Vanuatu. I'd love to, you know, you know, take the team right around the Pacific and and play in the PMs 13 because I just think it's a, a great way to obviously build build that friendly neighbours that you that you got the neighbourhood. Um, yeah. The, obviously the government and all those messaging, but I just want to take. We'd love to take the players to different spots to propagate uh, the great game of rugby league. You know, around the Pacific and yeah, it's it's a bit of a dream of mine, but hopefully that happens. Uh, I tell you what, Spanky, I'm reaching out right now to Glenn Jackson from the National Rugby League. We'll find out whether your phone at the winery is going to be helpful for you. <laughs> hey, Mel, we've got to let you go. I know you've, you've been giving up your time and appreciate it, given the fact that you're in camp. i just got to ask you, mate, the, the games this weekend, can you see anything other than a Penrith versus Broncos grand final? Um. Well, it's the obvious too. I feel, and I've always, I've said it all year, basically that uh, they'll they'll play in the final. But I do give the Warriors a hope, um, just on, on based on where they are and their fitness, and they've got a full squad. Um, yeah, so I give the Warriors a hope against the Bronx, and the Storm need to play a lot better to beat the Panthers at home. And like yeah. I said, it's it's the Fords need to do a really good job of the Storm. Otherwise, um, you know, the Panthers will run rough shot over them. Yeah. Um, you've got the players turning up later today. Uh, really appreciate your time. Flying out on Thursday for Port Moresby. We wish you all the very best with that, Mel. Really appreciate you giving up your time for us today for the throwdown. Well, my pleasure, Jimmy. Always, always great. Good on you, mate. Mel Meninga there, 13th immortal of the game of rugby league. Uh, and always a pleasure to have him on the program. All right, let's get ourselves to the break and then we're back with more. Stick around. Welcome back to the program. That is the music. There is no Mel Meninga. He sounded like he was staying at a very nice place. Thought the players were there with him, but they're coming in tonight. So uh, they'll be all sorted there. And I don't know that he'll be able to room anyone with anyone, Spanky, because not like back in the day, uh, they've all got their own room. So, uh, but yes, he, he did say Hamaso and Fox probably playing on the same side. So Josh Adokar and Hammer, uh, if they were to be, rooming together uh, or two in a room, then he would have been going that way. But uh, interesting. And Bulldog Bob is telling me, Jimmy, the PM's game against PNG will be shown live on Jam, free to wear. That's from Bulldog Bob. Be very surprised if it wasn't broadcast somewhere this day and age, especially given the fact the Australian government uh, and what the, the resources they're tipping into that match. They've got a very good stadium up there at Port Moresby now. It was used in the 2017 Rugby League World Cup uh, where PNG had a number of games up there. So uh, I think it holds 10, maybe 10,000. I'll, I'll have to look that up. Western Sydney Eagle says, Mal's stock just went up higher in my book. Brocky and a Holden man. Well, there you go, Western Sydney Eagle. Um, now, 554, who looks at the world in a very particular way, however, he is very staunch on one subject, and that is, uh, he writes... Hope Albo doesn't have any input into the PM side, Mal. Rusty Rifle Albo, he hasn't fired a shot since taking over, says 554. And he actually wrote, says 
5-5-4. So thank you, Five. Not a fan of Albo? Okay, okay. Albo was heavily involved in the selection of the side. In fact, I suggested last week in our conversation with Mal Meninga that Albo uh, might have got the better of him because Daly Cherry Evans was the vice-captain and Cam Murray, the South Sydney player, was the captain. So anyway, uh, Mal said, no, that wasn't the case. It was a collaborative approach and all of that sort of stuff. Hey, Jimmy and Mal, a uh, great one-on-one battle was always Latrell and Will Chambers when Latrell was in the centres for the Chooks and New South Wales against Will. That's a good one, Kane. So on the back of Sunia Taruva, and he's practising the high balls that are going to be coming his way from Cameron Munster, looking for Will Warbrick, as they did to win the game against the Roosters. We're looking for the great one-on-one battle. So you can have your Muhammad Ali versus Smoking Joe Frazier, which are literally one-on-one battles. But what about battles within battles, any sport, all sports? So, great. And they have to be sort of even. Like, you can't have – I know I mentioned Warney earlier. You can't have Warney and Daryl Cullinan, right? Because that's just one-way traffic. So, um, the great the great one-on-one battles. All right. We're going to get ourselves to break those text messages there, all thanks to sbsfence.com.au. And then we're back to wrap up this first hour. Welcome back to the program. The great man, Mal Meninga, has taken off. I see there's a media opportunity with all the PM's 13 players a little bit later on out at uh, Ipswich. So I'm sure Mal will be heavily involved in that. Now, Lloyd Robson Oval is where the rugby league is played up there at Port Moresby. So 14,800. 14,800 is the capacity. And I'd reckon... That is how many they'll get. Uh, Papua New Guinea defeated the United States 64-0 back there on November 12, 2017. And the, Australian, the Australians PM11 haven't played up there since 2017. So there you go. Interesting. Do people really need to express their political views on a sports show? There are other stations for that crap. Keep it to sports. Uh, that was 800 we're not going to like the next one. Hey, Jimmy, when Silly Albo's yes vote gets flogged, he might need a selector's job. That's from PG. Thank you. Keep those coming in. The great one-on-one battles. That's what we're looking for. The games within a game. Mal highlighted one. Christian Welsh, captain of the Melbourne Storm, up against the alpha male, James Fisher-Harris at the Penrith Panthers. After the break, we'll set up the next couple of hours. We've got our man, the analyst, and, of course, taking your text message. We're even trying to sneak a little bit of Coach K in there as well, too. Anyway, don't know. We'll see how we go. All right, news and back with more.